Healthcare. It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man leaves. Nearly a two-word review just said, shit sandwich. I will roll the record up to the next one. Welcome back, Villain Music Club. You're now tuning in to yet another exciting adventure with us here on Discologist. I'm your host, Kevin. As usual, we are coming to you live from a tiny shack in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I'm so happy to have you here to talk about some music. And this week, we got a real special episode. Before you talking with some friends of mine, a band called Brick Royals. Now, I want to talk to you today about pop music. Or is it indie rock? Or is it electro folk? If that last one sounds ridiculous, it's because it is. Well, it can be a useful tool to help guide listeners towards the type of music that they might enjoy. Genres, they've by and large become a way to silo off acts from potential audiences. You know, you only like soul, you only like country, you only like rock. That's, that's no way to be. So if you're talking about Brick Royals, you can say, yes... They have pop influences, and yes, they have rock influences. They even have soul. They have electronic. Even a little hip-hop in there, buried deeply. But people aren't defined in these narrow terms, so why should we talk about our bands this way anyways? This is one of the things you're going to hear myself and the good dudes of Broke Royals talk about in a few minutes. They hail from my old hometown of Washington, D.C., and they are, in point of fact, one of the best-dressed bands in America, which you're going to hear about. But more than that, you know, Philip Bass Knight, who's a, uh, you've heard him on this podcast, he's a great friend. Uh, I've been able to see how hard these guys work at not just making it, but bringing some kind of joy into the world for a while now. And uh, and it has been a joy seeing them do this, so it, it is such a joy to talk to them. And I mean to tell you, we need more bands like these dudes. I, I know bands don't necessarily like to, you know, spread this type of thing, but you know, they, they came to Milwaukee and they played a room that was me and three people and blew it out the back rafters uh you know they're they're hardworking. uh they they have a goal they they have the eye on the prize and uh and i think they're gonna make it one of the main reasons they're gonna make it is because they love music just like you love music and if you love music have you been to osirispod.com yet we are a member of the osiris network this is a collection of podcasts videos news uh and, and more talking about all things music now these guys are out there uh, whether you love Fish, whether you love all the weird bands that we're talking about, or The Grateful Dead, our show Dead to Me, hosted by Casey Ray, is up there. And, uh, and you know, you just heard our friend uh, Jonathan from Broke Down Pod on here. Uh, this is a community of music lovers that are out there uh, basically bringing you closer to the music that you love. It's a win-win for everybody. We're happy to be associated with them also, and they're partnered with jambase.com. You go to jambase.com, and you're going to find all things jam, I guess. Uh, you're going to see all the jam bands announce their holiday runs. Those are good. I kind of wish I was going to California. Dead and Company is there. In case you guys didn't know, I'm a deadhead. That is why uh, I produce Casey's show, Dead to Me. But that's not here or there. But you go to jambase.com, and you're going to find out everything about that, some live coverage, some podcasts. Um, and, uh, again, a community of music lovers coming together to talk about music and hopefully spread joy into the world. So uh, get on that, OsirisPod.com, JamBase.com. With that out of the way, I think we're going to get to it. So here we go, sitting down, or rather, sitting down over the internet. These guys stayed at my house, 
Last time they were in Milwaukee, and we didn't have time to do this here, so, so through the magic of the internet, here's the good dudes at Burke Royals talking about the new album Saint Luxury and so much more. They said I go under and lights go up, and when I come back, they will all be gone, and I finally sleep like I haven't been, like I did back then. is a bit different. We're doing more acoustic stuff than we had perhaps anticipated this fall. So, actually, um, it's kind of cool. So, so we're, we're actually, Nate and I were on the phone today talking about how we're going to revamp that. And, uh, you know, when people write, like, Washington Post articles and stuff, you got to you gotta show up. You got to be good. So it doesn't matter if it's acoustic or electric. So we're, we're revamping. We're, got to shred it. It's going to be fun. Yeah. I, so. I feel like that's a good place to start. Sure. <laughs> when, when people write Washington Post articles, you got to be good. Yeah. But you got to you got to be good for people to write Washington Post articles about you in the first place, gentlemen. Uh, well, thank you. Y- you know, uh, Philip, I've known you for a long time. The rest of you, except Tamir, you, you've stayed in my house. You, you've experienced Milwaukee. Uh, I enjoyed our, your futon. Yeah, yeah, and our meager fans, uh, but all because you put out a pretty great album, Saint Luxury, and it is. Uh, I think it's timely. I think it's. It's what we need right now, and also it's it's sort of tapped into the zeitgeist of like people, people, and we're going to talk about this. People throw around the word optimism a lot, and you guys are making some fucking killer pop, but maybe not necessarily the ism. But um, I, I want to, for people who don't know, this album is about, and anybody can tell me if I'm if I'm out of hand here, is about uh, the sort of the search for answers, but. How more about how we ask the questions and where that 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 line is that we stop asking questions? Is that about right? It's about right. Yeah, I I grew up in a religious house, going to church a lot, going to church camp a lot, working at church camp, working at church, all that stuff. So I was yeah. really ingratiated in it, and uh, I think that I was given a lot of answers that were that I took at face value. I didn't question them at all. Yeah. Uh, and that started to affect just my life generally. And as I became more enamored with the process of asking questions, I realized that it's okay to land in a space that's in between. No, it's, no, not you, all, it's shades of gray sometimes. It, and it, it, it almost absolutely always. is. <laughs> and, and, and you and I have talked about this. Like I grew up in Lynchburg, Virginia. Uh, Jerry Falwell, his church saved. People can't see the quotes here. Me, uh, at least four times. At least three of those, they asked for money. Uh, and and now if, if you get a Fourth political... Fourth one's free. Yeah. It's like a punch card. <laughs> <laughs> now if you go to, if you go to uh, Politico, there's an article about how much of a sham Falwell Jr. is, which... If yep. you are from Lynchburg, you you know you know all this, um, and and the other side of that that argument, though, Philip, is that then it paints you as like a philistine. Uh, you know, sure. you know you can't ask questions, and I think that's that's sort of the point. And I don't think this is in necessarily a political album, and I don't think you guys are necessarily a political band. But I do know out of all my friends that have, and musicians that I know that have sort of roots in faith, this is this is intensely radical to just put that question out there on the on the table and be like hey this is what it's about yeah what are you going to believe in and and how that shapes what we not just uh 
consume as art, but how we what we want to say. Yeah, art. We after we put out our first album, a lot of times people would come up to us after shows and they would say, "Oh, you got you all seem like a real, like a Christian band. You must be a Christian band." And we yeah. we wrote in very like figurative language, and it was a lot of like higher or um, bigger or follow the light. And you know, I had uh, when people keep asking you that when that question keeps coming up you have to ask yourself why is this happening and it's oh like this is the parlance that i speak in this is what i know because it's what i was raised in so i turned around and while i didn't see it happening it was like in the subconscious of what i was putting out um what colin and i were putting out together um and it just so in in some ways the, the lyrics on this album are a reaction to that in like let's see how I can control that more as opposed to let it seep in. Let me, let's see how we can be more direct with this. But um, we wanted to give it like a story form. We wanted to make it something that was not so serious because it's not, I'm not mad at the church. I'm not mad at anyone that I grew up with. I I love those people. They were super sweet to me. Um, And so we wanted to find a way to kind of play with it and have fun with it. So we made this story about a runaway angel who's asking questions and not just settling on answers that are handed down. Uh, And these are this. It was born out of a lot of conversations in the van while we've been on the road. Like Saint Luxury was a joke that that started before our first album came out because we had this album. We had an EP series called The Luxury of Time that was supposed to culminate in an album called The Luxury of Time. Like uh, Robin, the pop star who we love, uh, who did the same thing with the Body Talk series. She did Body Talk, Body Talk one, two, and three, and then an album. And somebody just said, "Listen, you guys aren't Robin. No one's gonna understand what you're doing." <laughs> so, no, and it's, so we it's we called it Saint myth- Luxury. Yeah, it was yeah, our, it was bu- our own mythology. Yeah, it's your own mythology. Uh, maybe built around Vest Overlords, but we're gonna get to that. <laughs> but but uh, so so the rest of you guys, you know, to knowing when you were getting into that, when you started playing with Philip and Colin, like w- like did you get that that's what they were about, or were you just like, hey, these guys are making great pop music. I love good pop music. Let me let me get like involved with this. Well, I think how we kind of got linked up with each other is really an interest its own little interesting thing and i don't think it ever was as simple as like oh this person's making this oh this person's doing that it's more it's more along the lines of like it things we discovered these things as we kind of went along and i think that's the main the main my main takeaway is like when i joined the band it was like it wasn't as much of a thing where it's uh, like there wasn't an, a, enough time to really sit down and like, you know, have these discussions and figure out how it was all placed is like, yeah. I just kind of, it, it was just kind of like a, a Hail Mary moment where they were between guitarists and I jumped in and then I started learning everything else. I like started learning their perspectives and start getting some of that similar feedback that Phil was talking about, like at that around those same times. So it's, I think that that I think that like coming to those realizations and terms was the thing we did along the way but I also it also does help that like we're all I don't think any of us were like taken aback by any of that and I don't think like yeah. this concept of it, 
like the uh that needing to not being so concerned about the answers but finding the right question all of that stuff was a thing that i don't think any of us were uncomfortable with or had any i think that was kind of where a lot of our attitudes were in the first place so yeah in many ways it's kind of meta because it is part of being a musician uh or an interviewer or anything is is you you have to listen mm-hmm. you have to you can't you can't do anything especially a musician you can't do any you can't succeed if you don't listen yeah. and and uh and so many people today just simply aren't listening and just saying like their their piece and then going forward and not considering like not not just the impact of that but but um, how, uh, other, other sides of that, you know, if, you know, one thing you guys achieve on this album is something that I was not expecting, uh, because your earlier work is more poppy and Philip, you're from DC and you know how that was received and, and people are, and, and, and anybody who doesn't like get it, they should. Okay, sure, but you know this leaned into some people that like Jackson Brown, Dawes are a good place, but also like pop punk gods like Weezer, like there's all this stuff and and you know, uh, the boss, <laughs> like like there's all there's all these things in here and and it and it it, it sort of paints this picture of of this world that you want to exist in, but you don't necessarily, uh, you, you sort of hold it above and, and can't quite interact with it yet. And the, and the interaction comes when you guys get out in the road and play live, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the live set is always, um, going to be guitar based. And we've known that since like we started as a band, mm-hmm. um, the, you know, it's going to be a rock set live, but I think after so long, being a band playing a lot of shows. I mean, we've been really lucky to play a lot of shows. Yeah. After our first album, it, it when we went into the studio this year, it was obvious the guitars need to be at the forefront and it needs to be guitar music because it would be a lie to go back to just straight pop rock, like pop, pop in a comp compact way, pop rock, because I don't know. It yeah. just, it's been so central to what we've done and to the success that we've had. The more we lean into Ben's guitar playing and to this this style, it. I didn't listen to a lot of pop when we or to a lot of rock when we started the band, but right, because right. of bands that are kind of swelling up right now and um, and just being out on the road and falling back in love with guitars and rock music, it was something that. I still don't think it's very popular, but we did. It, well, that wasn't important. It was. It's. It means a lot to us, and so we needed it to be on the record. And we also, Colin had this idea early on that well, we'll take the pop section and put it up front because that's sort of what people know and expect. And we'll take yeah. the rock, the Jackson Brown, the Dawes, um, all that influence, and put it on the second half. Um, and and that was intentional because. If you wanted to start it in one half, you'd still have, you know, a solid 20 minutes to listen to on either side. Um, and and I think it it sort of plays itself out in a, a narrative style, too, of the band of like we started 
pop and we ended up we've ended up much more guitar based and you know i don't know where we'll go from now but that's definitely the if you look at a timeline of the band up to now mm. the album itself reflects that which is mm. kind of neat yeah and, and it's like you take a song like bad chemicals you're tackling these big important subjects and that song is more poppy mm-hmm uh, well, we wanted that one to feel sugar-coated, like you were on drugs. You know, yes. you're, you're on, it should feel fake. That song should feel fake. That's the idea. Yeah, yeah even um, though the message is heavy as fuck. Right. Yeah. And that was, you know, we're uh, we're a little older. We want to put out music that's, that is what we're thinking about and talking about now. Yeah. And that was, I just, so, when I heard about these AI biochips that were being Im- that are, are being implanted into people's brains it just i couldn't stop thinking about it and um so you know not a traditional pop song but um that's what we wrote and that's how we we kind of crafted it so yeah yeah and, and, and the last song on the album this is really happening you know gets to like that is is almost a traditional rock song and that is like a, a great album closer and it is like just sort of um a sense of not malaise maybe isn't the right word but it more just uh, things are a little mellow on the darker side so you found yourself here on a rock out in space with air in your lungs maybe a smile on your face you learn on your own all the things that tried to teach you Waiting on a sign for the earth to move beneath you in and out of love and loss, focused and confused. Some days you're a kindness, and some days you're Hearing stuff like that pop up between the pop songs and stuff was uh, absolutely surprising, and it was just like it's like yes, like this is <laughs> this is like like I know these people and I know like how they write and everything and I know uh, you know what mode they're in, but then to see this start to break out and then what did it for me was actually seeing you guys in Milwaukee here and the. Live, more so than any jam band, the live show is so much uh, a separate entity than what you guys do on album. And, and I think people need to understand that. First of all, you, you aren't going to listen to the album and think those guys are wearing vests. They are. They are. They are. They are wearing vests. And um, and and but but it is a rock and roll show of the highest order, and uh, it doesn't matter if there's a if the room is packed. It doesn't matter if there's only me and like three other people at the bar <laughs> sitting in it. But and, and that level of commitment is is astounding in this age, and uh, and I want you guys to know that 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 that's that's abnormal because a lot of people come and and they they do their like first like bigger tour or they stretch out to the Midwest or something and and they run into a, a hard room and then they're like, well, fuck this. And there's none of that. There's none of that in any of what you guys do. You guys are here for the rock and fucking roll. Well, I'm, I'm lucky. And the, the rest of the guys should speak to this more. I'm, I get to be surrounded by like some of the best musicians yeah. I know. And so 
it's a fucking rock and roll jam, man. And and <laughs> um, so I once once Ben joined the band, it it all started to click for us. Yeah. And um, Nate and Tymir have both fit seamlessly into that process. And we we know like so. One thing that like really clicked for me was just listening to Prince obsessively. And he's, he navigates this world both on record and live. And it's so hard to find like enough live stuff. I wish there was more of it, but um, like he so effortlessly navigates. This is a pop, a perfect pop song. And then also I'm going to extend it into a seven minute jam. I want to be your lover yeah. or yeah. Um, what was the one that I sent around before we, we started playing Seth Jordan's um, I could never take the place of your man. Oh yeah, and he just goes and he pulls it out, and I was like, "Guys, this is the band we need to be like live. This is what we need yeah. to do." And it's it's like you're gonna get the pop version, and you know maybe we'll release some radio edits or whatever. Like that's what Prince would do, and but then like he's also gonna show you the full breadth of what this band can be, and surround yourself with the greatest musicians, and you know it's a recipe for success. So that's kind of our our thinking, and you know. I've talked on this podcast so, yeah, yeah, before no, about no, no, how much no, I love Prince. So that's yeah, where, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. We we're going to do another Prince podcast, but <laughs> um, but uh, so so you know uh, Ben, Nate, and uh, and Tamir. Like so, you guys, what what do you bring? I I know what Philip is bringing in this. I know what Colin is bringing in this. But but what do you? What, I mean, when he st- talks about Prince, are are we are we all on the same wavelength here, or are we just because because uh, Ben, you're from Richmond, Virginia. I know yeah. how you are. I know how you are. <laughs> I I'm from there, so yeah. So you know, it it, it is a um, polish uh, is is isn't necessarily. It can be a bad word there. Uh I mean, I think I think to a point, and I like so. I do think that like to a point, we are we're enough on the same page that we can make something worth we can make something really work, but we're on enough of different pages that we can bring something different. Which is the best way to be. So, like, I mean, I think Nate, Tymir, and I are all kind of from a little bit of a different... different places of kind of a similar school of music, whereas, like, Phil and Colin are kind of in their own different places of their own similar school of music. And it's kind of like those two things where we we find that center there and then we'll each will each one of us will kind of lean into something and be like try this and the other person will either be like yes that's different and i like it or we'll yeah. be like no that's that's not appropriate to the situation and it will happen between coming from both ends so we'll and, yeah and no and, and philip like to that to that end like i know this this band was originally like basically you and colin like, how open are you guys now to, like, these other influences? We uh, we are completely open to other influences, and it, it infuriates me when people, like, I don't know, some people are just so bad at music journalism, and we tell them we're not a, yeah. we're not a rock duo, we're not a pop duo anymore, <laughs> please stop writing this. <laughs> Why, we have an email exchange where we say, don't say that, and then they say it. Yeah. Um, we're, we're... I told the guys, and maybe this makes sense, maybe it doesn't, maybe it just makes sense in my head, but I think of us more like a collective, 
Like, there are a yeah. bunch of things orbiting around. Tymir and Ben have a group called the Slow Goers that they play in. Um, Nate has a group that he plays in called the Concussion Theory. We, and we all bring something in, and it's like, right. it's sort of like Odd Future, you know? Like, there's a bunch of things buzzing around a hive. Uh, and, like, that's, to me, I'm so excited that it's just not one thing going in the same direction. Like, all five of us are not going in the same direction. There are little things orbiting yeah. off and spinning off. And, um, you know, Ben's been getting really into synthesizers and in like all this stuff. And we're just sort of like, yeah, everybody like, <laughs> so, you know, it just, it's, it's all these things that we can bring together. And then maybe that just comes together in one lick on one song, you know, like what Ben's no. been into this month, but that's still like going to be different than, someone who just listens to the Spotify, this is rock yeah. playlist, right? Like we need all those things come attacking it from different angles to like, yeah, I mean th that uh, to me, that's the most important thing about like making any kind of art is that you, um, there, there's a part, there's a point where ego dissolves without the assistance of psychedelics where <laughs> you, you are creating with people and you recognize, and it isn't about, uh, Brooke Royals is better than what Ben and Tamir are doing or what Nate is doing. It, it's about like we're doing this thing and, and 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 at this point in time this thing is is the highest point that we're at. So feed this and 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 it flows and keeps on going. It it is a conversation yeah. uh, about about like good music basically. Well, you can't just be a monster that inhales and inhales and inhales like Right. Sometimes Broke Royals needs to take a break and other things need to happen in everyone's life. And it has to be like inhale, exhale. You know, there has to be both yeah. going on for it to be something valuable and something sustainable and something that brings value to the world or just, I don't know, helps someone out on a given day. It just, you can't just be some pop monster that just like, <gasps> you know. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and that's what, that goes beyond responsibility to it. Like that, that just it's like people are people, man. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. You know, it, you know, we forget that a lot. We forget that. Uh, I don't want to drag us into the Lana Del Rey quagmire, but that sort of is a good lead into our, our conversation about optimism. You know, I know Philip, uh, and, and obviously you guys in the band, like you guys. You, you guys are sort of uh, pop agnostic. Like you, 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 you're looking to play good music, man. And and so when somebody says optimist to me, like I have to look back and think, like, are what? Why are you defining yourself like that? Why are you putting up that wall? Is it? Do you need to be in a club? And it really is is this this weird phenomenon of the past, like five or six years, or maybe even the decade, where. Pop's okay, and and people try to make it seem like it's something that is I, I don't know, it, it's caviar. Yeah, if that I, makes sense. Well, yeah, I think there's a lot that goes into it. I think on the one hand, there was a phenomenon I think in the last like ten years where these bands were they figured out how to market them a little bit better mm -hmm. and get them into Urban Outfitters all the time and yes. all this kind of stuff. And I think we're sort of on the tail end of that where they're vampire weekends playing Madison square garden. And you know, th this is like, but you all guys coming to fruition. But on the other hand, like 
You know, I, I have really bad, I'm in starting in co- the end of college, I started experiencing really severe anxiety. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's anxiety attacks or what, but, um, what people call pop music really helped me through that. And, um, yeah. and I was so before that I was so attuned to like, Oh, this is pop. I don't want to listen to that. And now I'm, and that oh, opened my mind to just like the idea that, well, this really got me through something. It's probably doing the same thing for someone else. But I'm you definitely don't not going to bash it. Yeah. Yeah. But I, also, I don't call our music pop music. If you if you really pressed me on it, I wouldn't call our music anything at all. I wouldn't you know, I wouldn't assign a genre to it. I would barely even call us a band if that really makes sense like we're just people who've come together Nate, to make Nate's music frowning. he's like what no i mean we know something it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or you are you're not i don't know we're just we're we're people who love music and yeah. want to make music and come together and like yeah. a lot of the album was recorded in nate's studio or in nate's room the room that nate's sitting in right now and yeah, yeah, and and so that was the goal was just to do something that we loved and that we were excited about and that made us feel like we had a purpose and we were going towards something and we could share that with the world and you know I'm I'm not terribly concerned with whether it falls I do I like Avicii and does that show up on this album Yes do I like Tom Petty and does that show up on this album Yes Yeah so it's like I'm not terribly concerned Yeah Yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and I mean, and and that's the way to be. I, I think that and, and that that's sort of the point that I was getting at is that, you know, we take these abstract things like art and try to make them some sort of uh, commodity. Well, it has to be. It has to be a commodity. If you guys if you guys want a job, it has to be a commodity. Mm-hmm. But 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 it also has to be, you know, th- there is a point where you stop defining yourself by product. And Poptimism always to me felt like you were defining yourself by product. And, mm-hmm. and you know, and, and the inside baseball of this is that I get it. You are a journalist. Journalism is dying. And you have to you have to write what gets hits. Sure. People can lose their entire livelihood because they write a bad – not Empowers, but because they write a bad review about uh, Lana Del Rey or Taylor Swift or Change the Rapper. Or, uh, you know, all these people. And, and at the end of the day, it's just entertainment. Um, but at the same time, it also means something. And w- one thing I love about what you guys are doing is that you walk that line. You made it clear. I mean, look, the, the pitch for this is this means something. This album means something. It doesn't mean everything. It means something. And that should that that I think should be enough for people who are out there like consuming uh, your stuff or anybody else's. Is that you know it's up to you to piece all those things together to figure out like a life or something. <laughs> but 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 something like this can help, right? Yeah. You can listen to this, and like you said, Philip, you know, uh, uh, pop music got you through anxiety. Uh, my. Uh, I I just had a panic attack the other day. Uh, Bluebird got me through that. Yeah, the, this is more than simply just shit on wax, is what I'm saying. And and that is the title know, of our next album. Though. Shit oh, on wax, <laughs> <laughs> double LP. <laughs> no, no. And, and like that's why you guys got written up in the Washington Post because that comes across. 
Like that 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 shows in your music that you're thinking about something else other than the bottom line or just making it jam so you can like edify yourself and 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 that brings me to the vests. <laughs> <laughs> so so knowing all that, one of my favorite moments uh, of knowing you, Philip, was was you sending me the rough cut of the. I, I don't think it was bad chemicals, but it was. The, you're walking across a bridge in Georgia, and you all mm. rip off the vest. And I, I, I laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed, and then I kept laughing, and because I was like, I, I knew you a little bit, and I, I just, it was such a joyful thing, and and it was, like, but but the vests are important, right? Yeah, they they they've come under much scrutiny, and we we have weathered these storms. <laughs> The vests endure. <laughs> uh, no, we we that's so funny. We were that was a music video for our song "Higher," yeah. and uh, Scott Hansen directed it, and he's great. And we've done a bunch of music videos. We've done three music videos with him. And we love him, but he perhaps didn't get the gravity of the vests. He'd never seen us live, and so he kept cutting in the shot of Tymir in the vest before the reveal. And I was like, <laughs> no, man. Yeah, I was like, no, it's so important that you don't show the vest. Otherwise the joke is ruined. I was like, yeah. the joke is that we're switching into this. Like, you know, it would, what the outfits that we were wearing were plaid and flannel and it would fit in well in the Richmond music scene. And we, we now or, have guys or, that were or from if Richmond. you're touring with head in the heart. Like exactly. it, it was like, so you guys, you guys are done with the pop, right? You're in with the folky shit. <laughs> no. And, yeah. and, uh, no, we, we, we like the idea of being uniform. I mean, I, there are places where it looks a little more out of place. Some of the clubs we've played, <laughs> perhaps uh, in Milwaukee, it looks a little <laughs> more out of place. But like when, well, we, when we take it, the stage somewhere else, it, it really can signal like we're here yeah. on a mission. We are here. We're, we're all on the same page. This is not an accident. And we like we're ready to play. And yeah. and ultimately, that's that's the message we want to send. And that's what our we hope to do with our live shows and. You know, if you come to see us live, it's going to be a different experience than listening to us on the record, and that's <laughs> it. Well, it, first of all, uh, well, first of all, uh, you know, the the Milwaukee uniform is essentially a Nirvana t-shirt and jorts. So it's, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't I had think that in the bag. <laughs> oh, okay. So so it's the Richmond uniform too. Yeah. But uh, but uh, but yeah, I I think it it, it removes a barrier uh, to entry to the to just paying attention to the music i think yeah. i think it's just like you know you you can i know philip you look at it a little bit like you know it, it says we're professional like you know motown bands uh yeah because like the boss never uh wore necessarily a uniform and you guys at one point in time were a bruce springsteen cover band or you have been in a bruce springsteen cover band we were no we Tribu yeah. yeah and and but 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 i think it, it you see it and then all of a sudden it's just like yeah. Okay. Now I can. I I think I think to a certain extent it's it's not that it just says like we're professional. It 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 really signifies that like we mean business when we're about to like walk up onto stage because ultimately, if you walk up onto stage wearing a suit and then you like really don't yeah deliver. You know, you kind of look like an <laughs> we've so, we've done that. Not, uh, not, <laughs> <laughs> 
to to that point, you know what you guys do that a lot of bands don't do. Like, let's talk a little bit about the American Airlines deal because oh, Southwest, we, yeah, Southwest. I'm just waiting for your call, but it's not gonna come at all. You know, bands, especially in DC, are very adverse to any type of corporate interaction, any type of really getting paid. We hate it. And they think that, like, people will just someday. Be like, your art is so great. Here's all the money that we have in this state. And and that's not how this works. And you guys know that. And, and well, first of all, when did you figure that out? Well, I, I mean, I respect the hell out of Fugazi. I respect the hell out of Fugazi. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I wish every band could be them with devoted yeah. fans that are going to buy the back catalog and the reissues and all that, and they can sustain something uh-huh. off of that. But it's just not viable. And we – it's so complicated. I'm constantly singing the uh, Nick Lowe song, Music for Money, in my head. Because yeah, it's just yeah. like, you know, you play some festival and there's someone on the thing that you're like, oh – not really something i would tout but you just kind of it's so complicated but um everything right now is complicated and it's really complicated to live in america and make a living at all not if you're making music yeah at all no, it's just that's important. everything is tangled in something that's complicated and if we can be honest and speak our minds and and get our music out there that's important and kevin you and i've talked about this a lot like there is something that's going to shift in DC and you look at a band like shade and they're, they played Summerfest. They're having such a great year on the heels of the MacBook air commercial. And I no no shame. Like you gotta, that's a great, no shade. That's a no shade. Yeah. They're, yeah, they got that spot. That's great. And not, and I'm happy for them and they're a DC band. And and so there is going to be some flip, you know, as DC continues to change and as the real estate in DC continues to gobble up all the actual cultural landmarks yeah. and it just becomes condo complex after condo complex, like the music's going to change too. And, and I'm not saying we want to be a part of that. We want to be, um, we always want to be conscious of what we're doing and, and not getting in bed with someone who's like the evil empire, but we're aware that sometimes you have to play festivals that have corporate sponsorships is perhaps a good way to put it. Yeah. It's no, not all Fort Reed. No. Yeah. Yeah. And, and taking it to a larger view, like life isn't always on exactly your terms. Sure. It's a tough balance. And, um, we, we think about it a lot. Um, we were really happy when the Southwest thing came in and that ended up being, yeah, one of the strangest days of my life. <laughs> sure, down. sure. I mean, we were playing, and the captain was like, 
we're experiencing turbulence. We need everyone to sit down. And the crew was like, that doesn't mean you. That's and then the captain was like, it does mean you. <laughs> <We're> like, ah! <laughs> so, you know, that's something I'm not going to forget quickly. And um, yeah, and hopefully we'll navigate it in an ethical but you you didn't cater yeah. to get that gig is what I think the takeaway should be. It's like you you just wrote a thing, a couple of things, and people are like, "We like this. Let's let's." Yeah, it. no, that's the worst idea ever. Is to like pander when you're writing to write something yeah. that you think is going to be a hit is such a bad formula. You can, at least for me, the way I think of it is like you have to just be kind of an open vessel to the muse or whatever it is, inspiration coming to you and then it's your job to craft it and know what to do with it and be like okay this one is going to be on the poppier side this one is going to be on the more alternative yeah. side but you can't sit down well i suppose you can but i wouldn't advise sitting down and just saying let's you know who's really great right now the jonas brothers let's make something like them that's yeah it's no, really gonna that's no. really gonna connect with the kids it's like that's not we didn't set out to do anything that was going to be in any commercial or anything. We just happened to write something that connected with a group who wanted to take you higher and had connections to Colorado. <laughs> and those are two Product things placement. that we wrote about in the song. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so, so let's go around the, around the room here. Like, what do you guys uh, want people to take away from Burke Royals? Uh, <clears throat> I, well, I, I would say for myself, I, I want, you know, myself being somebody who works in live event production and I'm, I'm, you know, 75% of the time, my role with this band is their touring sound guy. I want people to walk away, uh, from their show saying, damn, like that was a, that was a badass rock show. Um, and at, on the plane, of me being the guy who produced most of this record. I want and played a lot of it and, and played a played. good part of it. I, I, I want people to, I, 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 I want people to connect ultimately with, you know, the things that Phil writes about, because I do believe in all of the topics that Phil writes about. And I think, mm -hmm. and I think Phil has a very refined and, uh, consistent voice on topics I would want to talk about myself. And he puts into words a lot of the time things that I don't particularly know how to say. Um, and, and so more than anything, I, I want, I, you know, I, I want people to take away that wow this is a this is a group of guys who really know how they feel and think about how they feel and encourage that in others as well yeah. you know I mean ultimately you know asking good questions you know who are asking good questions and encourage others to ask good yeah. questions yeah for me I mean I think what it depends on the situation like if we're when I'm in the studio, like when I was in the studio doing stuff, I just really wanted to get across the energy that I like to bring to this group. Um, and for me, that for me, I, I guess it does all kind of relate back to 
Um, I want people to just have an awful lot of fun, no matter what we're doing up there. Um, and so, you know, when I'm in the studio, I mean, I, I'm bringing in all these different guitars and all these different like effects just because I really want things. I want things to feel as explosive after compression and after, you know, being mixed in with a bunch of other things. I want it to still feel as punchy as it does when it's just me playing the one guitar part on stage. And, and then when I am on stage, for me, it's really about making making that hit and making those moments happen. And, you know, and there's there's just some some parts of the set that, like, every time they come around, I get excited for. Not because I'm like, ooh, this is a crazy interesting part that I get to play or this is anything like that. But it'll be like, it's a, it's a point in the set where you can look at that and you can go, that... That happened. I remember yeah, that. I remember that part when Phil got up on the speaker and jumped off of it. Right. I remember that part where the bass string broke and you just kept going. Oh, I do. You know? I remember that. Yeah, he remembers that. <laughs> um, like, I, I really want those those tangible parts of the live set to really define each set i don't want to ever just walk on stage do my i don't i don't want to be like a bon jovi or like an aerosmith where it's like they're they're walking you know when they're doing their thing nowadays they're like yeah yeah i know who i am i'm I'm here i'm doing my thing i'm punching the clock and i'm leaving i want it to i want whatever happens to be something that someone goes damn that was a thing and it was sick one thing that i think is really spectacular about this band is on on the record it's entirely one experience and and ben is this is something you were speaking to the record is one experience and then the live show is a completely other experience and yeah you know ultimately to really understand what broke royals is um you have to experience both and i think that's something pretty similar to whatever you know whatever nate and ben have just said um i hate you know i hate boring shows i hate i hate you know experiences that you know leave you wanting more in a bad way you know like yeah yeah um because like you know whenever i go out to shows um you know if i if i see like a band that or or a few bands that are in like a style that i like particularly enjoy and and if i don't get any sense of like emotional like catharsis from them or something like that then that's kind of a bummer you know they might have played the set really well they might have been really tight uh, together when they were playing but it was you know it, it yeah, just just being like, yeah, I hate that feeling. Um, and so like, I try to be conscious of that whenever whenever we're playing shows. Um, even in those moments where my bass string, after after <laughs> after like two years of playing in the band, it finally finally gave it just popped. <laughs> and sure enough, um, yeah, that was a set. Right in the finale, that was a set of week. a certain brand yeah. of strings that I always <laughs> complain about for being for breaking constantly. At the end of the day, like I, you know. Music makes me feel things, you know, and, 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 yeah. you know, I want it to, I, I want a show to, to, to really drive that home. I don't, I don't want people being bored when they're, when we're playing. I don't want people feeling drained, like, you know, midway through the set, you know, you know, I mean, if they, you know, if they're drained from like partying, that's cool. Yeah. But, um, but like, you know, I we want, we want like, this yeah. to be like a, we want it to be an experience where yeah. people like, we want to be cathartic. Yeah, I think cathartic, is the next fun, you know, yeah. enjoyable, memorable, all that kind of stuff. You know, 
So yeah, it's got to be a part of your life, life, man. Yeah. So, and so, so I think I'm gonna start doing cartwheels on stage. That makes really sense. Fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> That'll be a solid ten minutes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We well, one thing that's interesting, and as these guys are talking, I was thinking about making the record, and all of us went through a really exhausting season making this record Mm -hmm. and (laughs) and i hope that when everyone when anyone is listening they hear something and they think wow that's an incredible that's a turn i didn't expect or that's that song resonates with me in a way and not to say that it's all all of that was worth it but we really I mean, none of us live in the same city, barely. Yeah. We're, like, driving all over the place. like A reality of modern music making. Yeah, and it, I'm, I love that that doesn't matter, but we, we really did exhaust ourselves and and come on the verge of some probably some nervous breakdowns bef- before we finished this record. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I <laughs> I truly started crying when I when we uploaded it because I was like, it's done. It's It has to be done. It's out of our hands. Um <laughs> It was the 4th of July. It was a very strange day. We're an independent band and, you know, we this is on us and we want to do the best. We want things to look as good and sound as good and be as good as possible. And so I hope that comes along. And then the only other thing I want from this band is just more work. I want the work to create more work so that we can keep yep. making music and keep getting out on the road and playing more often and being something that people live with and people grow with and like a band that you could say like oh i've been listening to them for 10 years 20 years 30 years that's the dream for me it's not like a flash in the pan overnight success that clearly did not happen (laughs) (laughs) and it's not even and i and i don't even want it i want to be a band that you grow with and you live with and you watch evolve and you have to adjust and say like well this record you know is so different from the last one but I didn't like it at first, but now I like it. Like that, those sort of relationships are real, and you wrestle yeah. with that, and you grow with that, and that's exactly what I want: is just more work, more opportunity to have more opportunities. <laughs> so that's for me. Thank you guys for hanging out, and uh, we will. If I have to physically drag people to your next show, in <laughs> I I will do that. But I will tell you, we just built a essentially a stage out back. So, so I can, I can get people to our yard. Trust me. Oh, well, we, we're an easy sell, man. Your house is amazing (laughs) and you're close to the water and it's, the city was great. So yeah, it is featured. I don't know if the house itself is featured, but Milwaukee is featured in uh, an upcoming music video about which I cannot say much. Oh, no shit. Nice. Yeah. So there's a lot of good stuff from Milwaukee landmarks that people will recognize. So yeah, well, I, I'm glad you guys made the trip, and I'm glad to uh, to know you guys. I'm glad you guys have this album out in the world. It's fucking great. So uh, we're gonna take a quick break. Come back and uh, we'll finish the thing. Out. When Peter met in luxury, she said I could come cover me. God knows I need a break. You gotta watch these pearly gates. Told the choir I'm heading west. We all said, hey, send our best. Don't say we didn't warn you There's no rules in California She said I've got all the answers I need some questions She took the first plane out of heaven She took that first plane She came for lines that were 
Brooke Royal St. Luxury is out in the stores now. You can get it. I, I think uh, I've got a super sweet sign CD of theirs uh, for this. That those guys all signed. I didn't know they did. Uh, and it, it, was, it was sweet. Uh, but I think there there might be a vinyl release coming. If there is, I'm going to let you guys know about that. And uh, they're going to be going out on tour uh, forever. So hopefully, if things go well, uh, at some point in your life, you will be able to see Broke Royals. And you're going to have a, a good fucking time. That's what I'm saying. Uh, so if you're in Washington, D.C., go see them when they come to your town. Help them party down. That's it for this episode of Discologist. If you like what you heard, you can subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave us a rating or a message there. We're also on Google Play, Mixcloud, Stitcher, and Spotify. And we're out there on the socials at, at Chunky Glasses. It's pretty much across the board. Facebook, uh, Twitter, and Instagram. You also, if you go to ChunkyGlasses.com... You're going to find not just us, but the remarkable work of Mauricio Castro and his team of crack photographers, music journalists, out there in the streets every night shooting shows, and uh, they are some of the best, and uh, those guys and girls are, are fantastic. They are killing it. I am uh, Mauricio kind of built on top of what I built, became a part of our family, and uh, I am proud of his work and all the people that are doing this stuff so please check that out support him if you see him out in the club buy him a beer or something or a hard seltzer whichever they like um coming up in the next week or so we got a few great things coming up we're going to be reviewing the new wilco album you guys love wilco you know we love wilco and and i normally don't like to say things like this but uh you know they're back and um i'm happy about that so this ode to joy is a pretty pretty solid solid effort here but we're going to be talking about that late next week early in the week we sat down with uh music photographer now generally jam band photographer jay blakesburg he's got a new book coming out the secret space of dreams that i'm going to tell you all about my friend pj sykes joined me on that and that was that was fantastic to sit down and talk with him and he actually took some of the last photos of uh Neil Casal. That's a great conversation. Uh, we're also looking forward to the future. We're going to be talking about a bank of 111 Heavy. We're going to be talking to Kim Ware about the good graces and a whole lot more. So, so that is it for this hang at the Tiny Shack. Uh, we'll see you in a few short days. Until then, be good to your ears, but be better to your people. Talk to you soon. <laughs> <laughs> Kenobi!